Hello, hello everyone. This is Kylo and welcome to Kai Talks, the podcast. In today's episode, I invite you to be the fly on the wall, so to speak, for my raw and cut conversation with a young singer and songwriter. She shares with us the ups and downs of her unlikely path to finding her voice. It's a story of loss, hard-learned lessons, perseverance, and victory, which climaxes in her opening performance for one of the world's most renowned gospel bands. At only 24 years old, her story has only just begun. So join me as together we learn on this journey with Chanel Spencer. Hello, Chanel. Good night, and thank you for joining us. Hi, good night, Kyla. Thanks for having me. (laughs) I'm really excited about this conversation. But before we jump into it, let me just read your bio really quickly. So, born in Antigua and raised in the Twin Islands of Trinidad and Tobago, our guest, Chanel Spencer, developed a love for different art forms in her early childhood. Music, painting, and poetry became true forms of expression for her. She is the holder of a bachelor, a bachelor's degree in psychology from the University of the Southern Caribbean. But throughout Chanel's academic journey, she took every opportunity to develop her God-given talents. Within the past seven years, Chanel has developed her musical gifts and nurtured her passion for reaching others through song. She has spent time within the gospel arena doing background vocals for local artists such as Nisa. Mark Isaacs, as well as international artist Vashon Mitchell. In 2018, she was blessed with the opportunity to sing and be featured with the University of the Southern Caribbean Orchestra and Maurice Griffin. Then in 2019, she had her first big independent concert called Limitless, which we'll talk more about later in our interview, which was a huge success. She also had the opportunity to open for Hillsong London at this year's Glow Festival in Tobago. For those of you who are not from Trinidad and Tobago, Glow Fest is a local gospel concert held annually that has international acts with the likes of, well, Ty Tribbett, I believe, was once here. Was he Chanel? (laughs) Ty Tribbett. He was here a few times, actually. Right. (laughs) Yeah, Ty Tribbett, um, I think Jonathan McReynolds, Travis Green. Yeah. Right. So it's a big international show. And our girl Chanel Spencer opened at that show this year for, was it? Hillsong. Yeah, Hillsong, but the London branch of Hillsong. Yeah. Okay. I don't think many of us realize that there were different branches of Hillsong. I didn't either. <laughs> Yeah, it was definitely something I myself didn't know, but I know the church is, it's a pretty large church. Um, right. And even from when, when their group came, we learned so much about the branches. Um, they even have a college, a Hillsong University, like a college type thing where the musicians go and so that everybody is basically on track. They didn't miss a beat or a step. Um, the branding, everything is the same at all the branches. Nice. So let me just get so. finished with your bio really quickly. 
So during the past few years, her ministry has taken her to St. Lucia, St. Martin, Punta Cana, and the UK, just to name a few. Not only is she a singer, but she has also been writing for the past four years, and now she's venturing out as a solo artist. She serves as a worship leader and a gospel inspirational artist, and is currently embarking on launching her very first album this year, 2019. She currently has two singles out, Amazing and Running Over, as well as her Christmas cover of Mary Did You Know. She believes that God has placed a song in her heart for his honor and his glory. And she prays that lives are blessed by her music. So Chanel, let's get right into it. You know, I was, yeah. thinking, I was thinking about different people to invite to my podcast. And you came to mind immediately. Now, I've known you for many years. Haven't we known each other for many years? Yes, we, we really have. And yeah. just before you continue, before mm-hmm. any Dominican hears this and chops my head off, <laughs> I'm actually, I was actually born in Dominica, not Antigua. Ah. Um, yes. Thanks for that correction. I was born in Dominica um, because Dominicans, they come for me like that. So just sorry <laughs> all Dominicans out there, anybody who hears this who has Dominican family, Dominica, okay? Yeah. She is <laughs> born in Dominica. Okay, thank you for that clarification. So, no I, was, <laughs> I was thinking about people to invite to the podcast. And even though we've known each other for many years, I mean, since childhood, I mm-hmm. think we really connected about a year ago when we went to um, that picnic. Yeah. Yeah? Um, it was hosted by Bridges. Right, right. And I think we sat on the same table. Something along those lines. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's when I really got a sense of your just genuine, sincere spirit. And I really took to you. And knowing that you are a gospel artist, I thought you'd be a nice fit. Um, so tell us about your journey. I mean, we know you've been very passionate about music and the arts. Uh, but was music your first love? Like, was music always your thing? Um, okay, so, um, of course, growing up in a, a Christian home, a Seventh-day Adventist home, from, you know, from young, you have morning worship. And, mm-hmm. of course, you you sing. And I don't even know how it happened or when it happened, <laughs> why it happened, but from um, a tender age, you just kind of gravitate to parts and these kind of stuff. Right. So I, harmonizing. I, yeah, harmonizing. And, you know, dad sings bass, mom sings whatever. Everybody grab a part. There's um, a whole so choir. There's a whole choir every morning. <laughs> However, I, I never really saw it as um, my thing per se um, in the beginning. So as a child, my brother was actually known as the singer. And he was the one that teachers from primary school up to this day tell me if they had to like put their money on it, they would say that he was going to be a singer because he had like a a golden voice and what's not. But Mm -hmm. he just wanted to play football and pitch. (laughs) (laughs) Caribbean people pitch, you know, y'all know know what I mean. So that was his vibe. He he disappointed them greatly. However, (laughs) I would write poems like I would just write little rhymes you know mm-hmm. and um, 
uh, primary school teacher, Miss Wilfred, which I'm sure everybody who went Maracas this day knows Miss Wilfred. <laughs> yeah, she was my teacher she... too. <laughs> yes, I know, right? <laughs> so, you know, she would always have all these um, songs that she'd have us learn, um, Caribbean songs, and then we would learn a lot of the classics, you know. Mm-hmm. We had a folder. Um, and then when she recognized I had a love for writing, she would send me up to do a lot of poetry competitions. And like, you know, I have a few poems that made it into the express in the children's oh, wow. section. So okay. I still have those cutouts. <laughs> um, and that was just my thing. That was my thing. And then I recognized I was very much into art, painting and drawing and stuff. So um, most of primary school, I saw myself as a supportive singer, like, give me the alto part, give me the tenor mm-hmm. part, I will hold it down. You know, like, okay. I have the part luck. But when it came to lead, I was just like, no, mm-mm. Okay. <laughs> but, so yeah. what led to that transition? What led to that transition from always being in the background, always writing, to being lead? Um, hmm. I wouldn't say it wasn't it wasn't a large type of um, transition. I was I was solid. I always was pretty solid when it came to parts and music. Um, okay. And then sometimes just when you know, as I got older, of course, in primary school, you know, they look around in the class and they're like, "Okay, yeah, Chanel don't like to sing lead, but we only have like." <laughs> we need some leads and it's how what two three spots or whatever so it's like yeah we know you don't want to sing lead but you're solid enough to sing right so it was a matter of yeah you know just like we need you to sing the lead in this but it would be in duets and Mm -hmm. um you know group group settings uh and during that time i also did a little um classical training Okay. So that's um, something that people don't know. I had a little bit of classical training as the foundation. Okay. When I was Interesting. younger. So, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. So when was the first time, <laughs> when was the first time you really remember standing and singing on your own? Um, the first time, so we fast forward now into secondary school. I'm still mm-hmm. in groups singing. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, my dad who I was extremely close to, he gets sick. Mm-hmm. Um, and it really threw me. It threw me off because myself and that I was so close. Right. You know, like He was my everything. I was his little, you know, sugar plum, that kind of right. vibe. His only um, daughter. Right. And um, when he got sick, I made him a playlist, I remember, on my phone. And it had this this too shall pass um what shall i do we shall behold him like Mm -hmm. you know uh, songs that i thought would have spoken to both of us during that time right and um nightly i would play it for him and Mm -hmm. after a while you know he would hear me singing along my dad always encouraged me to like sing and express myself always yeah so while everybody would be saying um Chanel, shut up. You know, you're always singing. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, annoying the life out of everybody. He would be like, don't tell my daughter that. Leave her, let her express herself. 
So right. um, he was definitely that person. And I started to sing to him every night. And I think I got most of my practice from just singing to my father on a nightly basis. Okay. Um, which fast forward to when he died, um, mm-hmm. the first time persons actually heard me sing like a, a big song on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not singing a group, like sing lead in a group, but sing on my own with my cousin was right. at his funeral. So it's actually in a weird way, his death actually propelled that aspect of my ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and me recognizing that, wow, oh, I, I can actually just sing on my own. Right. Okay, interesting yeah. experience. And something I noted about you when I was reading your bio that you sent um, is that you started off doing backups and it seemed like you, even though you knew you could hold your own, there was this humility that said, you know what, um, I'm going to do this thing from the bottom up, so to speak. So you didn't really expect that, okay, because I decide I want to sing or I can sing, that you would immediately be recognized for it. But you really showed a willingness to to start learning and singing with people who had experience. Um, tell me more about that. How was that experience for you and what lessons do you think you learned during that time that you take with you now as a soloist? Um, so every single junction in my life, I really in some way or the other have to um, give some recognition to somebody who who saw more in me than I saw in myself at that point in time. Right. Um, so, you know, a lot of people believe, like, Shana is so confident, like, she just always know whatever, and she's sure about stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And it wasn't always like that, for sure. So, even me, my first, first time singing alone, properly, um, it was, I have to give a shout out to Lyndon Simmons, um, local <laughs> okay. singer in US, uh, in um, Trinidad and Tobago. He couldn't make it and he asked me to fill his spot and he had heard me in some small church and (laughs) um, (laughs) it was for USC so I was so nervous because I was like last time they heard me was at daddy's funeral but I Mm -hmm. had been singing and I had gotten so much invitations to smaller churches that my gift was strengthening you know Mm -hmm. regularly it was growing Mm -hmm. Um, and I sang what I do and um, when I came to pass I said I have somebody else but you know you seem so eager and prepared. I really wasn't eager. <laughs> no, I, was, I was eager, but I was so afraid. I was like, oh, yeah, somebody else. It's cool. He's <laughs> like, no, 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 no. You know, we want to hear you. And um, after I sang it, I remember so many people were crying and stuff because they probably were like, you know, it's like her dad didn't even get to see this side of her. But he did. That's oh, what wow. people didn't know. Right. You know, but he never saw it. Um. He never saw it come out in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and my friend, once again, so Lyndon has the first shout out. Alden Lewis gets the second one. Okay. Um, <laughs> Alden being, you know, an amazing singer from small, everybody knew Alden. Um, in the Christian realm, he was known. 
mm-hmm. as boy wonder boy one boy singing wonder <laughs> <laughs> and alden uh it had some events coming up and alden was like sure you know um this person they need they need backups for this song or they need this song done um shouldn't you relba like you had a come thing so i'm mm-hmm. like alan could you stop i am <laughs> not i am not i just start shakily singing when i say shaky yeah like mike nelly fall and bust my toe in the middle of singing what should i do at usc oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> my hand was like moving Shout out to my friend Curtis, who actually captured that moment. He was just starting out as a photographer. Like I need to look for that. Freshman in school, <laughs> I literally have that picture. Um, and he took a bunch of pictures from it. So that was just like wow, amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and Alan was like, "Come and sing with us." Um, mm-hmm. he was like, "Solid." I'm like, "Oh Lord." Anyway, I went ahead and I started to, you know, sing with Alden. Alden would keep calling me to do these backup gigs. So that's how it happened. It right. was never a matter of let me go learn. Because <laughs> I, at this point, I'm still thinking like, okay, you are really good at art. Mm-hmm. And, you know, poetry. Singing. I mean, you work on it. Keep on singing. <laughs> I was like, you, you are basic. <laughs> You are basic, but Alan always he would always be like, Shana, you're not basic. Like pe- people don't even know you real bad. But that's because Alan, I would test out some of my jazz ideas. Right. Didn't grow up into jazz, but I just would test out things that in my head seemed so natural um, to Alan. And he got me, he got me to keep doing background vocals for people he kept getting me like little little small gigs and stuff um you see everybody needs a hype man right everybody and <laughs> uh, you know alan is so amazing so i was so humble that alden lewis who is like a beast found me good enough to drag me along <laughs> to things <laughs> right <laughs> and i was just like well <laughs> thank god um and Alden, from that, um, Skevos, a next local group, they would have heard me somewhere with Alden sometime. They asked me to sing um, the national anthem in a jazz, a jazz version of the national anthem. Okay. Because um, they heard me do it at some event. Um, and I did it, and then Nisa Nora heard, and she was like, my lord, I have seen you around. Of course, you know, she knows my dad and everybody knew the family, but she was like, right. I did not know you had that kind of vibe. She's like, would you like to do backups for me? You know? And I was wow. just like, what? I took that time so seriously. I went right. to, to practice with so much purpose. And I remember leaving that practice and my brain felt like it was about to explode because I was never... Of course, living on, on the campus, mm-hmm. I lived on the campus, USC, um, I, I was exposed to music, of course, a lot of music. So mm-hmm. probably unknowingly, I was always processing and really taking in and growing. So I must say that the campus did a lot for that because mm-hmm. I lived opposite the music department. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but... I literally had not heard like that level of technicality. So it, it 
pushed me so much into a different space. Right. I had a headache when I got home because <laughs> <laughs> I was blown. My mind was totally blown. You know. Um. So I definitely that was the first background experience, and then from there, it just Alan kind of like formed a, a group of us who would do backgrounds together, and. Mm-hmm. We had so much fun back in these different artists. We kind of started to work with a band called Out of the Box, a okay. popular band at that point in time. Um, and, you know, we did backups for John Yard. For, he's from Barbados, uh, one of their top gospel artists in Barbados. Mm-hmm. We did Mark Isaac. You know, it would just be whoever would come to the band. We did um, charity events and we just there backing up people. <laughs> this actually um, sounds so interesting because it seems like whenever you took a step forward a new door would open and then a new door would open if you just had the faith to just take a yeah. step forward right I like that yeah. <laughs> so but you know something Definitely. I'm also thinking too it's it sounds like um stepping out of your comfort zone required a lot of work um it kind of forced you to refine and to hone your abilities I think so many of us uh we really want the end result but we're not really there for the process like we don't want to be there for the process and (laughs) I really what I'm seeing here is the process because what I know from the outside is just the end result this girl whose vocals are like can only be described as mastery really but now we're getting a glimpse behind the veil and I'm really seeing how much work it took. Um, so I really, I really admire that about you. And I know there's this, uh, it's a meme that goes around a lot on social media about Beyonce preparing for Coachella. <laughs> yeah. Do you know it? <laughs> yeah. I, that. I also watched that documentary. So right. I know the work. Like, right. wow. <laughs> I mean, they said what she rehearsed, I think it was eight months for a two-hour performance. Yeah. And then she took 12 months to perfect a two-hour movie and life album. And I'm just I'm just saying that because I look at you singing and I think, you know, wow, she's excellent. But really, now you're singing. This has been quite a journey and you didn't really start where you are now. What we're seeing now is the end result of you singing for seven years. So that's amazing. Keep that up. For that's sure. Some, that's definitely something that any creative or any person pursuing um, their dream needs to be aware of. And I know we'll touch on that a little later in terms of the process when Mm -hmm. I broke up for myself. But, you know, it's like nothing has come for anyone overnight. Um, Right. I mean, even like a a story I'm always interested in, you know, um, Kylie Jenner people were upset because they said like okay is she really self like if she is she really self-made yeah i myself Um, i'm a skeptic about that i'm a skeptic (laughs) my thing is is like okay so her sister kim was doing stuff before her yeah yeah Um, kim had her kkk right but the success of that is not the same um to kylie's success and the reality is she did have money but Mm -hmm. she to grow your money how much ever let's say she was at a million to it have people who have been millionaires for years but they're still not billionaires right that's something i thought about i was just like 
yes, she had she had money. Um, she had a lot of money to work with. But mm-hmm. the reality is that I would give I would just give her the respect for growing it. Because right. there are some people they still would how much ever million of dollars. Um, but they have not been their net worth has not grown to billions. If right, because they didn't mean. they didn't do much with what was given. I get your point. They already knew they had a lot and they just like, but she really kept coming at it. Like every time you turn, you saw some product Mm -hmm. Um, and it's the same process. You know, Um, I would say that everybody who people have seen at any point, they had to, they had to put out work. Like your voice just doesn't grow if you, Mm -hmm. if you're not. And I, it's also the variety we sang all types of songs for right. all kinds of pe- um, of people in terms of things of course that my Christianity would support the messages mm-hmm. behind it mm-hmm. um, but genres were pretty open so um, a lot of persons don't even know I was in a meeting recently and it, somebody was saying well we know you know you have a jazz vibe so you know if you're writing songs for a particular project it's going to have a jazz tone. And mm-hmm. I was just like, I have one jazz song that I've written. And right. I have about 15 songs I've written. Right. So I'm like... They don't know you second. like that. They don't know you like that. I'm like... <laughs> you don't know me like They that. don't know you're very multidimensional. And that's something I would say, you know, people see, they see where you've gotten to. Mm-hmm. Um, but they... they know the history to know like you know um running over and amazing the two songs that mm-hmm. people know they both have two totally different contexts yeah um, and i think that in itself to the fact that one minute you could get mellow in the wind skipping right. jazz or a fusion type neo soul vibe from me but then in the next minute you could get afro pop that is dancing and moving right um, and that's because years of just backing up different types of artists and studying um their genres and their fields and how to engage when you are in that specific genre so nice i i literally paid attention and i was always um taken in i told myself like when i started i wasn't as much and some artists would be like yeah, so we know you're singing, but you need to do the actions. You need to dance for this or whatever. And I had to, as you said, put yourself um, out of your comfort zone mm-hmm. in order to to basically match and meet the person expectations because it's a right. job. Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. So Hell Song London, let's talk about that. I mean, that's that's huge. I think that's an opportunity that any local artists would really die for to open for Hillsong London. How was that experience? How did you even come about that opportunity? I want to hear more about that story. Well, w- once again, <laughs> I literally um, I, I literally was just minding my own business after I dropped <laughs> after I dropped um, running over uh a friend of mine invited me to a show that he was having, a gospel artist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did my set. And when I came down, I was approached by some persons who 
were a part of Glow Entertainment. And mm-hmm. They were like, yo, we know you from seeing you singing backups and stuff for people. It's the first time we actually like hearing you on your own and like, whoa, we didn't know. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, oh, I'm humble. I understand. I seem real basic. It's, it's okay. <laughs> and they were like, what? I was like, nah, it's okay. Because I still see myself like that in my head. Like, should I, girl, right. you be basic. It's not that deep. Um, yeah. um, and the, the guy was just like, hey, we would like, you know, we would be interested in working with you. So I was just like, yeah, right. <laughs> Glow have all these persons who, of course, you know, are established already. They mm-hmm. have how much of our songs out, but they genuinely kept checking in on me. Um, right. And it's that would fast forward to when there was the um, award ceremony, gospel awards. Yeah. Um, I, I did my song. Mind mm-hmm. you, I really was not even paying attention to the fact that Glow um, was checking for me. Cause, was you know, there, right? Know they, yeah. They, they booked Blessed, um, Jay Prince. Right. You know, a lot of um, Samuel from Guyana. A lot right. of the big gospel Seasoned, so I was, seasoned artists. Yeah. Seasoned ones. Ones that people know and love already. Um, mm-hmm. And they were at the rehearsal for GMAT the gospel awards um and you know they were just watching and stuff and the, the head of glow he was like I, I you know i've been he said i've been watching you on on instagram i've been following what you've been doing <laughs> your music mondays i was just like huh i really thought nobody was watching my music mondays but little just, did you know and he was just like We'd be really interested in having a conversation with you. Fast forwarding that after GMAT and everything, they kept in contact and then we just randomly like invite you to be a part of things. Um, and they mentioned in passing, like, hey, we'd like to have you um for glow this year. So I was just like, Yeah, sure. <laughs> still <laughs> a month. still not believing, still not believing. Yeah. But I guess we probably get to why, you know, I had I had a little shaky feelings, you know, based on poor experiences in the industry prior. Um mm-hmm. I I was just like, okay, sure. Um and then a day I got a call and he was like, you know, so we bring it on Hill song. I was like, Ooh, wow. I was like, yeah. that song's lit. I was like, listen, no matter what, I'm gonna be there. I love me some Hill song. And he's yeah. like, Yeah, you'll be there for real. So I was like, okay. And he's like, because we want you to um to open. We put in together like a girl set and we want you to be a part of it. Um and then nice. we said, you know, Candace Keaton. Um I said Taki, but it's Nataki, <laughs> Linda, okay, um, Janae, singers who once again very established. Um yeah. and you know, out there. They were like, they're gonna be um you'll be singing with them um and you guys will sing on each other's songs as well as sing your own songs Mm -hmm. and I was just like wow couldn't believe it until I actually just actually got there and um and you realize okay this thing is for real it's actually happening they're not going to take it back now yeah as well as um (laughs) just mix 
even with those girls, I grew to have such a love for each and every one of them. Like the most humble, straightforward, coolest, creative girls. Um, and it was nice to not feel like it wasn't a competition or anything. Everybody right. was just being their genuine, authentic, crazy self. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I coined the term glow girls. And then <laughs> it just stuck with us. So, um, you know, that's something so people you're... might be seeing very soon. You're officially a glow girl. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> I haven't. It's not something that um, I've publicized or spoke about. But <laughs> I am um, a family member of the glow team. <laughs> I see, I see. And you're currently I'm preparing. I see you're currently preparing to launch your first album. And you have two singles out already. Um, it seems like you've been working on this album for a while. It's been, I guess, a labor of love for you, but uh, is there some reason for the delay? I feel I've been seeing this album coming out for some time now. Yeah, you know, to the point where I have stopped posting coming soon. I'm just like, I'm not even <laughs> saying soon. It's coming, guys. I'm working on it, definitely. Um, But, you know, I got attached to a label. Um, mm-hmm. so more, more or less up and coming, but of course, you know, these things, I now give it, of course, the space for problems and things not to go as smooth as they should. Um, mm-hmm. And I signed a contract not totally understanding all that it entailed. Oh, wow. Um, and I don't think they, to a certain extent, understood their role. And it really had me depressed for, mm-hmm. I would say... Most of last year, I was oh. really, really down about um, the slowness of the process and mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. lack of ideas. And I felt I felt a little alone. Right. Um, because, and this is just something to throw, because of my expectations of what I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the next thing we have to really manage expectations. Right. Um, <laughs> it can make or break you when mm-hmm. your expectations aren't realistic right um i didn't manage mine and i was totally broken after i recognized you know the studio well the label studio wasn't working out and right. um, i felt as though i would do more on my own mm-hmm. um, when i was ready to pull out um they were like you know they own all my music and what's not so wow it was wow. hard yeah <laughs> it was hard you might hear me say like really horrible or heartbreaking events in my life very bluntly. And mm-hmm. I just recognize that's like my way. I kind of just hit myself the truth. Right. That's your coping <laughs> so, like, mechanism. That, yeah. I just like, I just say like, yeah, my dad, my dad died. Um, or mm-hmm. yeah, they own all my music. I cried. I literally sat down outside of my apartment and I cried. And mm-hmm. um, my boyfriend and my mom was like, well, was the next move um I called my brother and I remember he gave me this hype speech because in his mind I can do all things through Christ <laughs> <laughs> if it's anybody he believes that it's me um and he's just like shun like come on like in in university da-da-da, you thought you can do da-da-da. you did that da-da-da. I've always been a creative I've always right. been someone with big ideas 
it wasn't always for music but mm-hmm. that it developed as i said over time of doing it so much right. i recognize this is a love um i cried and stuff and you know running over came out mm-hmm. um i was fighting up getting out of that that situation and then literally the day like contract everything was signed as soon as i walked away from that situation i kid you not opportunities and doors started to open so what i initially thought was like the end mm-hmm. i thought it was the worst thing that could possibly happen like oh my word right. i'm one of those stories <laughs> of somebody <laughs> losing their stuff to a label um literally god showed me like no you just wouldn't you just was not supposed to be there like and (laughs) i had another plan Mm -hmm. right and then you had limitless right which was your first really big concert and i want to know more about limitless you know what inspired it was it that whole journey coming out um from that agreement or arrangement with the label that wasn't so beneficial to you because it seems like, as you said, once you stepped out, you know, more and more opportunities came your way. So tell us about Limitless. Yeah, um, right after, uh, you know, the label and other disappointments within the industry, mm-hmm. um, I was I was dumb. And um, my, my brother, once again, and my boyfriend, mm-hmm. both of them was just like, this is not a Chanel we know. You are fighting. <laughs> Give me like a set of speeches. And I'm like, why do, don't these two guys just shut up? Like, <laughs> I don't want to hear that right now. I just want to be like depressed and eat. So I was doing a lot of that. I was, you know, really <laughs> packing it on. Mm-hmm. Um, my family was judging me really hard for my eating decisions. <laughs> and for like this Netflix and no chill, literally just like people at work doing their stuff. And I'm like on the couch just like wow things are just eh mm-hmm. um doors were still opening eh? but wow yeah try it 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 seemed try like a desert i um my boyfriend said listen what's the action plan because all you do is crying and what's that um, <laughs> he was like let's have a starbucks meeting and let's come up with an action plan so that's the, he's the next person um besides my family who's mad supportive Right, you know, because I did my psych degree and then I told my mom I'm taking two years to do music. So shout out to her for not, you know, kicking me out <laughs> on account of me trying to be a struggling musician, um, struggling artist but, on your mother's couch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but um, he said, okay, what's the action plan? Um, he was like, how much things we need to throw to raise these this money? Like, what can we do? And he was like, you should throw an event now. He said, throw another event. And this is just for persons who may, may not have known. A lot of people thought Limitless was my first, like, solo event. I actually had two mm-hmm. prior to that. The first one had 10 people alone. 10 and I was like, blue. <laughs> 10 friends. I could count them so on my head right now. you had the venue with 10 persons. At that point in time, they... Um, they didn't have like any set of exorbitant fees. I think you just give them part of what you made at 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 the door. Okay. So that's all Kaiso Blue. So this is literally 2017. This is mm-hmm. two years ago. 
go. So I 2017, I had one. 2018, I had another one. And I had more right. than, than 10. I had like little 25, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so we're improving. We're getting there. Yeah, so I was just like, it was just like, it's time to have the other. And I literally, because I felt like things were so dry. I told him, I was like, listen, um, I don't know how much people will come out. Maybe like a, you might get like a solid like 50, 60. Mm-hmm. And he was like, uh, let's just say about like probably let's, he was like, let's average for like 100, 200. I was like, uh, okay, I will stick with my 50 because I know Jesus be taking me 10, 20, 30, 40, 50. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was just like, you don't know what Jesus and I be up to, but this is Jesus clearly want me to go through this slow process. Um, so right as soon as we worked out what the program would be, I went into prayer and fast. A mm-hmm. lot of prayer and fast. And then just um, literally, uh, I went to my friend Curtis, told him I wanted to do this post or whatever. And then things just started to evolve. I went to sing at a right. church and advertise it. And somebody was like, hey, you need a promo video. I can do it for you. I was like, wow. what? I said, like, listen, I'll talk to my team. Mind you, my team is two people, eh? my mom and my boyfriend. I was like, let me talk with my team and see what we could do. Everybody's like, Chanel, what do you mean what we could do? You are broke. <laughs> you are broke. <laughs> you can't do anything. So I'm like, sorry, can't, you know, but next time. The person is like, no, nah, I'll just pull through um, and, you know, just give me like two free tickets and I'm good. I'm wow. like, wow. Thank God. And it just kept like, happening like that. So then another person contacted me and was like, you know, I heard about this initiative. It sounds really cool. I saw it advertising. Um, let me stream for you. I was like, hmm. I have no money, bro. Same thing happened again. And God just kept opening the doors um, for Limitless, literally showing me that there was no bonds to what right. he could do. Like his power is really limitless, which was the whole theme of it. Right. So you went from 10 persons in your first one to 25 persons in your second one. How many persons do you think you had in this limitless concert? Well, the capacity of USC's auditorium was about seven. Seven persons. persons. 700 okay wow <laughs> give or take um according to how they pack it i because i used to work in events we have had near to probably like um a thousand people in that auditorium before um but yeah it went from um let's say we had out probably the same like 657 chairs 700 chairs and then my boyfriend had to keep bringing in chairs and we had to get more help to bring in chairs so I was really floored by um I put so a wait. limit on God wait I want to I want to get this clear we went from 10 to 25 to over 700 persons it was it was it was Ram Park like okay <laughs> okay I think we're standing up yeah i think i'm going to make limitless like my new um (laughs) go-to word like that's that's gonna be my new thing i'm gonna put the word limitless on my vision board (laughs) listen it is such a powerful word like i have now 
recognize that it took on a life of its own. It doesn't even belong to me. It's like mm-hmm. it has its own existence, limitless. Um, and was limitless praise without borders. It literally has a life of its own. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it showed my, the team, it showed everybody who was a part of it. Like when you dedicate your life to Christ and you really make that sacrifice and you genuinely strive, because I'm not perfect, but you genuinely strive to serve him and to glorify his name. He will mm-hmm. bless you in a limitless kind of way. Um, nice. So, I like that. He'll bless you in a limitless kind of way. That's what I want. Limitless blessings. <laughs> yeah, so there'll be no bounds to what he will do in your life. And some of the miracles that was performed during Limitless literally had to be like, wow, there was right. no other way. Because my budget, so I... the whole thing was $1,000. So <laughs> God came out. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like the um five loaves and two fishes there. <laughs> so I mean so you've done opening shows for Hillsong London, you've been across the Caribbean singing, you're now working on your first album. So it seems like your passion for music is really propelling you into I guess your purpose. And even though it hasn't been like a linear progression it kind of just unfolded as you took one step forward and then you put another foot in front of the other so what do you think right now what do you perceive to be your purpose and what's next for Chanel Spencer well I believe that you should walk in your purpose um it's actually one of the slogans that I have you know pursue your purpose walk in your purpose and um for me, as I said, coming out of Limitless, I really believe that my purpose or my calling is literally limitless. It's not confined to any one specific thing. Because, mm-hmm. you know, just like with the story of the talents, God gifts everyone with so much different abilities um, that I think it would be an injustice to my creator to literally just use one alone so he has given me the ability to connect with people people who are broken it's something that is very natural um, Mm -hmm. to me and that came through psychology Um, at glow actually he revealed Mm -hmm. the other the the other half of my journey so after I they said I caught the spirit, but I mean, <laughs> but um, God really impressed on my heart because we, the girls, um, glue girls, we had spent the week praying and fasting and stuff. And God right. impressed on my heart to say certain things at glow um, and really just speak, speak into the um, atmosphere and speak to hearts and lives saying the specific things that he placed in me to say. Because I, I right. don't go up and rant and preach anytime I do it's really the Holy Spirit like talking through me um, mm-hmm. and somebody came behind and said like you know you're evangelist and I was just like Mm-mm, no <laughs> <laughs> that, that's not, but you know they said a lot of other things but from that all I kept hearing is okay it's time to finish um, you know the counseling aspect of it 
um, and really go into empowering people and helping people, you know, um, overcome challenges. I have also had my struggles with depression and different things. Right. Um, and God has been walking me through the journey. So at mm-hmm. low, in his own way, he revealed it through the person that it was time for me to step into that um, motivation, upliftment, um, counseling era and tie it in with my music. So, yeah. Oh, nice. That's what people will probably see some more things coming in that from that direction as well. Well, Chanel, thank you so much for your time this evening. I'm really, I think this conversation was really a good um, refresher for me. And I hope it will be for our listeners. Because, you know, you always hear people talk about the process and don't watch people's um, after. But, what you know, try to find out more about their before. And I think this is just a reminder for us to, you know, keep our heads, you know, and our minds focused. And just do the work and know that success is inevitable. So I wish you all the best and Godspeed in your journey. And I hope that you continue to walk in your purpose and do that which he has placed you here to do, which is to minister to the lives of those with whom you come into contact. Have a good night. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you so much for having me.